Hello, and welcome to Bush History's series on precedent-setting Supreme Court decisions. Our first precedent case will be Marbury v. Madison. Additional information and videos on American history can be accessed through my website, www.bushhistory.net, and that's B-U-S-C-H-I-S-T-O-R-Y. Do not double the H, because I was silly when I put it together. Anyway, with the election of 1800, for the first time, political parties played an active role in American government. We now had the Federalists, and their candidate was John Adams, and the Democratic Republican, and their candidate was Thomas Jefferson, running for President of the United States. You also had a challenge to an incumbent. Uh, John Adams was running for his second term, and of course at that time there were no limits, and George Washington had set a precedent of at least two terms as president. Anyway, John Adams lost the election of 1800. It was called a peaceful revolution where we had a change in power from the Federalists to the Democratic Republicans who were going to be led by Thomas Jefferson. In the election, the Federalists lost the presidency and control of both houses of Congress. The only branch of government in which they could exercise any power whatsoever was the judiciary. So understanding this, the Federalists worked out a strategy to strengthen their hold on the federal courts. And what that really meant was John Adams was going to install a whole series of Federalist judges. The reality of this is John Adams is just concerned that the government that he and Washington have built is going to change under Thomas Jefferson. So let's make sure we have some things very clear here. Adams lost in a very tight election in 1800. It became called a peaceful revolution because nobody brought guns and tanks and Adams was ultimately going to step down. But before he stepped down to Thomas Jefferson, he was going to get his last shots in. So what happens is, in the last days of John Adams' presidency, Congress passed the Judiciary Act of 1801. It was an attempt to streamline court procedures and the allocation of circuit judges, but it also allowed for the appointment of 16 new federal judges. And these were going to be very last minute, within two weeks of uh, Thomas Jefferson taking office. So they became called Midnight Judges. Adam used that law to try to really increase Federalist influence over the government that he was no longer going to be able to influence himself. And... He gave the task to John Marshall. John Marshall had been John Adams' Secretary of State, so he gave the task of delivering the commissions to John Marshall. And John Marshall delivered many of them. In fact, he delivered his own as well. He made himself, essentially, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court by making sure that his own commission was delivered. One of the commissions that wasn't delivered, however, was William Marbury, and William Marbury was certainly very, very upset. So now we end up with the situation of Marbury versus Madison in 1803, and obviously the case begins earlier. The case begins right after this occurs in 1801, once Jefferson becomes president. So now we have an interesting situation. Um, James Madison, good friend of Thomas Jefferson and a Democratic Republican, is now the Secretary of State. William Marbury is going to sue James Madison because he's suing actually the position of Secretary of State because it was the Secretary of State's job to make sure these commissions get delivered. Well, the reality of it is that um, it's going to end up in John Marshall's lap, and John Marshall has a problem. If he rules in favor of William Marbury getting his commission, he is ruling in favor of his friend, John Adams, but he's also sabotaging the Jefferson presidency. If he rules in favor of 
Madison, meaning that Marbury will not get his commission, he is going against his friend John Adams. Marshall has to find a way to split the baby. So what he decides is, with three other justices on the Supreme Court, it was a four to nothing unanimous decision, uh, to rule for neither Marbury nor Madison. What he did instead was, he said the Judiciary Act of 1789 did not allow the federal courts to have original jurisdiction, which means you can't start in a federal court. You have to start in a local court, and of course Marbury started in a federal court. He goes on to say, in his opinion, that parts of the Judiciary Act of 1789 are unconstitutional, specifically the part that gave the uh, federal court system original jurisdiction. So Marbury is going to lose on function and win on point when this is all over. Because what happens is, while the court has the ability to order the writ of mandamus, which is forcing uh, the commissions to be instituted, Marbury started in the wrong court. So they're not going to do that. So this case actually establishes the precedent of judicial review, the idea that the Supreme Court can review federal laws and decide if they are constitutional or unconstitutional. In this particular case, they decided that the Judiciary Act of 1789 had elements that were unconstitutional, and they also decided that the Supreme Court would not intervene in, on Marbury's behalf because federal courts lack original jurisdiction. And this began a series of cases that John Marshall was very heavily involved in, and this early 1800s became uh, the Supreme Court became known as the Marshall Court. So that wraps it up. In short, William Marbury does not get his commission. The precedent of judicial review is established, and John Marshall will be a towering figure in early American history. So for Bush History, I'm David Bush, and this series of precedent-setting Supreme Court decisions will continue. Have a good day.